Hey guys, we are Bad Moms in Business. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. And I'm Danielle Monahan. Today we are joined by Lindsay Wooth, who is, I kind of really struggle saying that word. It's almost cruel that your last name is part of our guest. I apologize. <laughs> we all know Amanda's bad at Englishing sometimes. <laughs> Englishing. Would you like to say your name correctly and how you would like others to pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, my name is Lindsay Wolf, uh, just like the animal. Um, and I am a nutritionist, which is also a word that I think a lot of people struggle with. <laughs> yeah. So, or just struggle with in general. It's fine. Yeah, just struggle with. In, I, I, people are just struggling with me all over the place. Um, <laughs> but uh, so basically, just a little bit of background about me. So I have been a nutritionist for the past seven years. Um, haven't, always, haven't always had success with nutrition. That's probably why I got into this. Um, I was overweight and struggled with my weight my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I basically did the yo-yo diet thing for about a decade coming out of, you know, especially in my twenties after university, I think I gained like the freshman 50, which was like even harder. And, uh, and then finally I just decided one day, like I'd had enough and I realized that restrictive dieting wasn't sustainable. And so I created a system that worked for me. And then, you know, I, I was able, I went from being over 200 pounds to losing 80. Um, and then everybody saw success or everybody saw my success, I should say, and then wanted to kind of figure out what I was doing. And so then it was then that I kind of decided I got to, I got to have a career path, like I, or a career shift, I should say. And I became certified as a nutritionist and have been coaching ever since. And then I think the biggest, the second sort of shift uh, in my career came when I had my two girls. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's because I finally realized that being a mom is like nothing else. And mm -hmm. So a lot of the tools and the text, the techniques that I was using before weren't working for, for my female mom clients. And then, so I decided I had to strip, essentially I like to call it decluttering. I had to declutter Ooh. my diet, strip everything away, and I created a whole new system. And now I work specifically with busy moms to help support them decluttering their diets and essentially find a system that is sustainable so that they can do it for the rest of their lives. Hmm. Wow. Um, I can relate to all of that, except that I gained the freshman 50 without even going to college. So I feel like I'm <laughs> maybe a little better than you, Lindsay. Sorry, I didn't have to go to college to do that. Um, <laughs> <That's a> brag. <laughs> I'm it. just kidding, of course. But um, we're so excited to have you we here are. with us today. And we have some questions for you. And I'm just going to start off. You, you gave us a little bit of your background. Now, for someone who's interested in nutrition and maybe has done the changes that similar to what you've done, and they're looking to get into that line of work, how do you go about being certified? How do you go about um, making this a career? 
I love that question. Um, and so I guess it's really, it, it all kind of depends on the, the depths in which you want to, you know, in, in which you want to go, because you can easily get a, a certification through obviously like a, a reputable certification uh, organization, um, which I think a lot of folks are doing. The reason why I really love that is because you're getting really the, the tools that you need in order to coach. Whereas a lot of times I find with when you go to nutrition school, you learn everything that you, you know, there is to know about nutrition, but you don't get those, those key coaching, you know, habitual human sort mm -hmm. of behavior type skills. Um, mm -hmm. So that's sort of that, that's sort of the gap that you're, that you're mm -hmm. filling when you get certified. Um, and then of course, when you go to, I mean, you could even go, you know, beyond to, to university and college and, and become, you know, a naturopath and all of those things. But I guess it like, again, it really comes back to sort of where your, where your zone of genius is and, and how kind of far you want to take your path. So for me, um, what it looked like was I, I got certified and now I have multiple certifications. So I'm a certified health coach. I'm a certified performance coach. Um, and I'm actually getting, you know, certified. Uh, I'm, I'm working towards other certifications now, like specifically more in terms of human, human behavior. So NLP therapies and stuff like that. So I think it, I, I, the reason why I love certification so much is because it really sort of helps to give you a broader perspective in terms of your knowledge, if that makes sense. Yeah, it certainly does. Cool. That was a good question. Yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> Let me Thanks follow so up with my puny question here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm Usually like, how this goes. <laughs> she has really so thoughtful ones. And I was like, how do you just not eat? No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would say probably my, my biggest thing that I would love out of Better Nutrition is more sustainable energy mm. um, from my food because I – as we all know, I wake up early and I'm grinding, but by eight o'clock, I am, I'm fueled out. You know, what is a foods that I could eat that will help that all day energy level or possibly something like as a snack after dinner that just might give me a couple more hours to be a normal human being? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I love that question so much, simply because I think when it comes to women, it's not necessarily about specific foods that are going to give you the energy that you're looking for. It's more about, like I refer to it as food combinations. Mm. And so what I mean by that is when I refer to food combinations, it's essentially a source of protein, a source of fat, a source of carbohydrates, and a source of fiber. And the reason why all of these are important is because they all work together to help support your body with the components that it needs to fuel your metabolism, you know, give you sustainable energy with carbohydrates and fats, um, and give you the protein that you need because our bodies are, you know, our bodies are basically built on protein. And so when you're able to combine those specifically in the morning, especially, I find that that's what's, that what helps to stabilize your metabolism, keep your blood sugars level, and then you are able to go all day. Missing one of those components can then lead to like, say, I'll just give you an example. Um, so say for Amanda, if you had like a, a smoothie in the morning and you, you know, you had some delicious fruit in there and you had some, you know, healthy nut butter and some chia seeds and, and, you know, maybe even some spinach, like that would be phenomenal, except because of, you know, the high content of like sugar from the fruit, 
and the lack of protein, that may actually cause you to crash a lot mm. faster. So by 11 in the morning, you know, if you have your breakfast at eight, by 11, you're already looking for something. And so having, making sure that those four components in your meal are going to give you all day energy. Does that help? So it does. And you had me at carbs and that I could <laughs> eat them. <laughs> <laughs> but not just that. And I, if we were on any other podcast, I know I'd be judged, but y'all are going to understand. I tend to skip breakfast a lot. So what I'm hearing you really say is that's probably the worst thing to do for my energy, possibly, like mm -hmm. that I could do. Well, I think to it, like for your energy, and I think that that's the thing, like from one busy mom to the next, like I think breakfast is probably the hardest for all of us to get yeah. in. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that's when that's when the mayhem happens. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody's trying to get ready to get out the door and, and all of it. But I think that that's it. From an energy standpoint, it's huge. But it's also it's it's massive when it comes to especially if you have health goals like weight loss because we really want to. Your body thrives on consistency, and so if you're skipping and missing meals, that's when it starts to essentially turn on. I like to call it like your fat storage hormones because it's like, mm -hmm. well, I don't know when I'm getting my next meal. So I'm going to hold on to every single thing that you're eating to help keep me fueled throughout the day. Whereas if you're eating three meals a day, then, you know, over time, especially with that consistency, you're going to wake up and your metabolism is going to be thriving and it's going to be looking for that meal and you're going to be so hungry, which is a great sign. Like when you're, when you wake up in the morning and you're hungry, that's a phenomenal sign that shows you my metabolism's kicking. Like I'm ready to go. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I wake up starving all the time, but I also feel like my metabolism's not doing everything. That <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I wake up and I'm like, I need food. But I'm also like, I woke up six times last night with my one-year-old, so maybe that has something to do with there it. There is. I mean, the energy. about that too, Danielle. Absolutely. And, and yeah. that's the thing, especially when it comes to all-day energy. And we'll, I'm, I know we're going to get into this, but sleep is a huge part of that as well because lack of sleep also triggers certain hormones in your body that actually cause you, they cause you to crave food and eat more than normal. Does that make sense? Yes, girl, we're going to get involved. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll it all makes sense. <laughs> My life just came full circle. Yes. Um, but I like what you said on how you answered Amanda's question because I'm hypoglycemic. So I feel like if I eat, you know, I just want to do what, you know, what I think is the healthy thing and just have like yogurt and fruit in the morning. And then I, my sugar crashes, uh, you know, two hours later and it's like, okay, I need something now. And it, when I'm at that point, when my sugar starts to decline, I'll eat anything. Yeah. You put it in front of my face and I'm going to eat it. But usually Except for onions. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's cheese. levels to everything, you know, like there's certain things that just you don't eat. <laughs> but like, Usually the things that I need in that moment are things to raise my sugar quickly. So I'm looking for anything with high sugar content. It's just bad. It's just a bad thing. Okay. So my question is, we all have kids. I have a one and a half year old. He's very young. How, what are your best tips for like actually meal planning? Do you do this like once a week, twice a week? Like how do I teach me? What do oh. I do? Girl, this is my zone of genius. This is all right. Because so I think that this is the thing. I see a lot of mistakes that I see women making are the fact that, and I, it's obviously like, you know, to no fault of our own. You know, we see, we look on Instagram and social media, we see those perfectly prepped little containers yes. or like, you know, those moms making those like big batches of chili for the week. And I mean, if you're anything like me, I 
thrive on variety. Like I can't eat the same thing every single day. And if Mm -hmm. I'm forced to, like, it just takes the joy out of my life. And Mm so one of the things, and Amanda actually and I bonded about this earlier, like one of my strategies is, so just going back to having those four things in your diet, Mm -hmm. so proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and fiber. One of the things that I love to do is, so we have, we sort of have like a rhythm meaning that we pick one day on the weekend because obviously there's a ton of time to do that. So in our rhythm, that's usually Saturdays. And so on Saturdays, we will pick one or two protein options that we're going to have for the week. So sometimes that looks like chicken. I love, especially as a woman getting iron, I love red meat. So I need a lot of like red meat in my diet or even some fish, like great salmon for omega. So it's one or two protein options, um, one or two carbohydrate options. So we could have like brown rice or pasta or, you know, roasted potatoes, something like that. And then we usually have about three, two to three veggie options. So for example, this week we had roasted carrots. I did some roasted broccoli and then we did some green beans because my girls just love green beans. Um, And so having that is amazing because when, you know, say for lunch, for example, like we're all working from home and if you're jumping from meeting to meeting, if you don't have a lot of time on your hands and you got, you know, 10 minutes to whip something up together, you can easily just go into your fridge pull out, okay, here's my protein, here's my carb, here's my vegetable, and you can even just drizzle a little bit of olive oil on top for your source of fat, and you are good to go. And I think that that's the thing. The reason why I love having those options is because it gives you, it allows you to have that variety, which is also great for your body because then you're mixing up your veggies, so you're getting you know different micronutrients, you're mixing up your proteins, so you're getting different sources of iron and stuff like that. Um, And so that's my best recommendation. So we usually just on Saturdays, I usually just lay out, you know, I'll do a tray of chicken. I'll do a, you know, one or two trays of roasted veggies. I got my rice cooker going and it only takes me literally about an hour. And then usually around midweek, that's when we need to sort of restock on one or two things. Um, and then, so that means usually Wednesday nights while I'm prepping dinner, I'll throw an extra t- tray of chicken into the um, oven or, you know, I'll cook up some more rice or something like that. Interesting. Very interesting. So when you say you were drizzling olive oil, so we're like not using ranch, we're substituting ranch for olive oil. That <laughs> no, that's the best. That's the most amazing thing is like when you think of your food, like which is why I think, you know, specifically my program, that's, that's the whole reason why I created it for moms because, you know, a serving of salad dressing is a source of fat. And so it's amazing because then you get to, it's almost like creating your own adventure with every single meal. Like, you know, if you love ranch dressing and if you want to drizzle that on your meal, that's your source of fat, you're covered. Um, And so I think that that's why it's so sustainable and it works so easily for so many women. I love it. I'm excited. You can make this the way that you're like phrasing things and you're like, oh, create your own adventure. And this is like your natural rhythm. And like, I don't know. I just, it makes me excited to do it instead of being like, oh, I got to do, I got to eat, you know, I got to do I that again that. this week. And tell me I'm not the only one who thought meal plan, you have to put it in cute little containers and single site servings. It didn't occur to me to just like kind of throw it all in a container together and pull out the yeah. green beans out of this. Con- it really takes the pressure off of that creating meals yeah just creating foods that you just happen to be able to eat together yeah well plus too i mean if your kids are anything like mine like i have a three-year-old daughter she's as picky as they come and so it's really nice to sort of have a couple of options for them to choose from so that 
I'm not standing over, you know, the stove making like six different things for every single person in my family. Love you that. said something too that was really interesting that, you know, you crave that variety. I'm really not like that. I, <laughs> we've talked about this before on the podcast about the whole like buttered noodles thing. I could eat buttered noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. <laughs> uh, but my family is not like that. My husband and my son, they need variety. If I even like, if we serve leftovers, it's got to be <laughs> like something has to pizzazz it. Like it's got to be different or they just won't eat it. <laughs> We lost Bridget. We lost Bridget. And she was the next question. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We're powering through. We're doing We have this. more questions to go. We'll just give her an extra question when she has yeah. back on. Um, I'm just like, so I, Danielle, are you feeling like we're going to have to have Lindsay back for like segment two? I'm already <laughs> feeling like, like we could pick your brain for days and well, walk think, away. Oh my gosh. I think it might be cool too to, so we kind of gathered up our questions, but maybe other people have some really other yes. great questions too. So maybe we can kind of figure out what their questions are. I would love that you guys. Oh I my would gosh. I'm just so, <laughs> we're so happy to have you. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling like for the first time ever encouraged. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. I'm not so kidding cool. because like Danielle said, when you're using the word adventure and you're speaking my language, mm -hmm. the language I don't speak very well, but you're <laughs> speaking it, you're speaking it. Well, I think that that's the thing, Amanda, is like my whole goal when it comes to women, because I'm going to be honest, as moms, I feel like we're unicorns. Like we just get everything done. Yes. And so the biggest challenge that I see women having isn't that they lack motivation or, you know, they lack the ability to stay on track. It's simply that they lack the knowledge. Mm -hmm. and so when you empower them with the knowledge and the tools that they need to be successful, it's a total game changer. Oh, huge. Bridget, are you okay. able to hear us? Hi, back. All right. Okay. Awesome. We, we talked a little and now it's your turn again. Yep. Oh, so I have a question. We were talking earlier about how breakfast is important, fuels you for the day. Um, I am someone who has struggled my entire life and I have recently found intermittent fasting. Ooh, um, my, my mom started it. Okay. So she started it and she was telling me about it and I was like, that sounds crazy. I'm not doing that. Like you're out of your mind. And she would talk about it. Sorry, mom, I know you're listening to this. And I would roll my eyes like, okay, like I get it. Cool. But I want to eat in the morning. Um, however, it works for me. I, um, I lost 30 pounds last year. I've gained some of it back. <laughs> I've gained some of it back in quarantine. Um, but intermittent fasting helped with that. And I've recently started again. I managed to um, lose a pound between Christmas and, and New Year's because of it. It's a love. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm curious what your professional opinion is on intermittent fasting and if it's something that you would encourage people to try. Oh my God. And I love that. And congratulations, Bridget. Bridget. That's like, that's so huge. Thanks. So there's, so there's basically two thoughts that I have on this one. When it comes to any kind of diet, my first and foremost belief is that you have to do whatever works for you. So if this is a lifestyle that you can maintain effortlessly, then don't ever let somebody tell you that you shouldn't be doing it because if it works for you, then like, you know what I mean? If it works, then it's working. And so why, you know what I mean? Don't, 
fix what's not broken kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I would say when it comes to intermittent fasting, specifically with women, is that, and I think it's obviously because diet culture is very male focused. In fact, the majority of scientific studies that are done on diets are done on men. I didn't know that. Simply because, as you guys know, females have a fluctuating cycle throughout the course Mm -hmm. of the month. And so we don't make good test subjects because Mm. our metabolisms are different, our hormones are different. And so the majority of all of the diets out there, when they do all of these, you know, successful studies, they're done on males. Um, So it doesn't always translate well to women. So the thing that I typically see is when males do intermittent fasting and, you know, the, the bro science kind of out the way to do it out there um, is you would typically skip breakfast, not eat until around you know noon, and then that would give you the ability to eat upwards until like 8 p.m. in the, in the evening, um, which works for a lot of men based on their 24-hour circadian rhythm and their clock and, and how their body metabolizes food. With women, it's a little bit different. So mm. for women, what I usually recommend, and again, this is a case, I don't want to get too sciencey because this is a case-by-case basis based Do on it. how your body, <laughs> well, I think there's like, there's certain things that you want to consider just on how your body handles insulin because Fair. depending on how your body handles insulin, you don't want to fast for long periods of time. That makes However, sense. If you have the ability to do it, what I recommend, and I love intermittent fasting, so I always recommend it to my clients. However, what I recommend is that you actually eat between the hours of 7 and 9 in the morning and stop eating between the hours of 5 and and 7 at night Mm -hmm. because we, our bodies are aligned, our bodies are aligned with their circadian rhythm, which is the sunlight which means that as soon as the sun comes out in the morning, that's when your metabolism turns on and when it's firing. When the sun goes down, that's when your metabolism starts to slow down, which means that, which is why so many people don't encourage you to eat late into the evening because your metabolism slows. So your body doesn't have the ability to burn through that fuel as much as it would during daylight hours. And so if you can get that fasting window, if you can you know, stop your eating by at least 7 p.m., especially during the winter months, um, because obviously it's getting darker sooner. If you can stop that window around seven and get like a nice, beautiful fasting period, you know, until, you know, say seven o'clock in the morning or something like that, you're going to be golden. The other interesting thing is, is that you can technically get as equal results by only fasting 12 hours as much as you can for 16. You don't always have to go that extreme. So as long as you, again, can get that nice, beautiful fasting window between your meals, then you're golden. I think that this is the other misconception too. You know, when we, when we talk a lot about, you know, that old, uh, more scientific studies have been coming out to show us that, you know, the old thinking of, well, you have to eat five or six small meals a day to keep your metabolism thriving. Um, we're starting to see now that the more that you can create those fasting windows in between your meals, so by eating three meals a day, the more fat burning ability your body has. Interesting. I'm, you are so speaking my language <laughs> because 12 is achievable. 12 is tol- Other just seems unrealistic, especially with certain work schedules. It's yeah. just almost impossible to achieve. So a 12-hour window very reasonable. 
And I think that that's the thing, like, which is what I, which is what I was sort of saying to Bridget is that, you know, it's really important that you do what works for you because if you're trying to fit, you know, yourself, like it's like fitting a square peg into a round hole. Like you don't want to fit yourself into a diet. You want your diet to fit with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's so interesting. I never, there's so many things that you just taught me in like that one little segment of yours. First of all, I had no idea that men were the like test subjects for all of these studies. That blows my mind Mm -hmm. with something that makes total sense, right? They also like lose weight a lot easier than women. So of course they're going to want to use them as like test subjects because it makes their odds look better. Absolutely. That, That blows my mind. So I can't do intermittent fasting. I can't. It's just, I've tried for like half a second. It didn't work out well. (laughs) <laughs> but my husband does it and he was losing weight like crazy, like boom, 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 boom. And then I do it for like, let's be honest. I did it for like two days. It was <laughs> like I said, I wake up and I'm starving. So I'm like <laughs> looking for food. I, I can't wait. But that was really interesting. What you said about like the kind of tying it to the sun and that's kind of how your, your cycle works, not your cycle, but like your circadian rhythm. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love that. And telling myself I can eat from seven until seven is a lot easier than say I can eat from seven until five or whatever Mm -hmm. the math works out to be on the true rules. And you're still getting all of the beautiful benefits that you normally would. Oh my gosh. So I thought I would never do it, but never say never, I guess. Yeah. I love it. Bridget, good question again. Oh my gosh. All right. So this one, um, I think a lot of women struggle with this, especially people who are postpartum. Um, I don't know what my deal is, but I'm, my hair is thinning and my nails are so brittle and mm-hmm. it could just be uh, the lack of sunlight. I don't know, but anything to encourage healthier, well, my eating habits are terrible, so that could be <laughs> bad too. But I mean, I'll be fair about that. But are there like power foods that would help like initiate some rejuvenation of those items? So when you're experiencing, you know, thinning, if your if your hair is brittle and your nails are brittle or it's thinning, one of the things that I would always highly recommend is to definitely get your thyroid checked first and foremost, mm. because it could be a sign that there's a thyroid issue going on. And I'm going to give you a pro tip as well. If you go to your GP, they're going to just likely test your TSH, which is your overall thyroid hormone. They're going to just likely test that. And you want to go a level deeper and get the levels of your T3 and T4 because those are the better indicators of your overall health. So, so aside from that, if you like, if you know, by all means go and get tested. The other thing that I would say is it could be just a simple sign of a deficiency in biotin, um, which is easily, you can easily get this by eating things mm-hmm. like eggs, green veggies, um, organ meats. I mean, although they're not the most appetizing, um, they, all of these foods are great sources of biotin. So biotin. as long as your supplement, you know, if you, if you, if you want to try that as a first step, supplementing, um, with biotin would be really helpful. Otherwise, I would definitely say check in just to see how your thyroid's doing. And to be fair, it's been some time since I've went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say how many years, but I'll definitely say it's not been one. <laughs> oh, so good recommend. Maybe this is my push to go in and, and actually yes. have a physical. Thank you for that. That's <laughs> your question. <laughs> Just to kind of branch off of that, what are your thoughts on like 
I think hair, skin, and nail supplements, aren't those just pretty much biotin in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts about collagen? I know that that's like kind of a fad. I don't know if that's a current fad, but I remember at least like within the last year or so, a bunch of people were buying collagen and like putting it in their coffee, like the powder and stuff. What are your thoughts? I mean, collagen is great. The reason why I think collagen is phenomenal, especially for women, again, because it's it's great for hair, skin, and nails. It's also good for joint health. Um, and collagen is something that our body that our body loses and doesn't have the ability to reproduce. Mm-hmm. So the older oh. we get, the more that we need it. Um, which is why I think it's sort of having its its heyday right now because mm-hmm. you know everybody's becoming hip to it. And so I think it's anything. It's just like anything else. It's something phenomenal that you can take. Um, but you can also get it just from eating, you know what I mean? Like eating just great quality meat is, is another way to do it. So that's what I always like in terms of my clients, I always say, try to get all of your nutrient nutrients from food because we've survived on this earth for millions and millions of years. So don't go to the store and load up on, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of supplements that you can literally get from your grocery store. Great point. So that collagen that I have, over there right now. (laughs) Hide it. (laughs) Listen, I lost so much hair from having Watson. It was ridiculous. It was, he was like three or four months postpartum. I was like, Oh, I didn't get that at all. And then it all fell out. Just, it just crashed. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And I still like all of these, it's fine. And they all grew back gray. It is what it is. (laughs) Okay. So that's why I had the pixie cut for so long because after I had the boys, I would, this is gross, but I would open the refrigerator and there was like hair in the refrigerator because it was just flying yeah, just out of my head. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so a, a dandelion. Like, what's the like point? It explodes, you know? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <sighs> so okay. I have a, Danielle, was that your question? Can huh. I? That wasn't my question now, but it doesn't oh, go matter. for it. No, no, no. I was just going to ask, what are your thoughts on like more, I don't want to call them fads because I don't think that they are necessarily fads because they've been around for a long time, but like the um, more solid life-changing diets, like vegans, keto diets, paleo, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on those? I love that question so much, Danielle, because, and I think it kind of ties in beautifully to sort of what Bridget was saying earlier about intermittent fasting in that it all depends on whether or not it's actually going to work for your lifestyle long term. Okay. Um, and I think that that's the thing. Like, for example, and this is the other thing that I truly believe as well, is that you don't always have to put yourself in a box. Like, just for example, like for me, like I like to eat vegetarian on a cake. I mean, m- my motivations are for, you know, the environment and, the, and our global mm-hmm. health. And so if I'm choosing vegetarian options, that's why. It's not because I think that meat's bad for me. In fact, leading back to, um, you know, what we were just talking about with Amanda, if you have thyroid issues, meat is, a pheno- meat is phenomenal in terms of supporting the health of your thyroid. Um, so if you have thyroid issues and you're thinking about going vegan or vegetarian, I would maybe just reconsider it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, like, I, I don't always believe in putting yourself in a box because I think, you know, for example, a lot of people tend to go vegan and vegetarian 
without doing it with the support of a health practitioner. And then, so then they become really deficient in things, you know, sure. because for example, they're not eating a lot of protein, they're not mm. getting a lot of iron. And so without the guidance and the support of doing it, you're actually doing more detrimental um, service to your body than good. Same thing like with keto. Keto is probably one of the worst things that I'm seeing on the market right now because so many do it in such an unhealthy way. And ironically, it's funny, one of my one of my closest girlfriends is a gut health expert. And she was saying how many she was talking, we were talking the other day, and she was saying, how many clients have come to her this year, having had to have gastric bypass surgery, simply because they were doing the ketogenic diet, because it's so bad for your gut microbiome, specifically when it comes to women too, because we need carbohydrates um, for our cycle for our overall health. And it's again, really important for the health of your your thyroid and your metabolism. So I would always recommend whatever it is that you want to try, make sure that it's a change that you're willing to make for the rest of your life. And if you, like me, want to do it for the health of the environment, don't feel the need that you, you know, you have to go vegan or vegetarian. Like we eat vegetarian meals a couple of nights a week. Mm-hmm. I also shop at, you know, I try to shop organically for meat where I can so that I know that I'm making conscious decisions to, again, support my belief system. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes Extreme. complete sense. Extreme sense. Wow. <clears throat> mm. That's awesome. Um, so we've talked a lot about food, but now if oh no, oh no, Bridget's poor internet. It's okay. She's gonna be so annoyed by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope she realizes it's okay. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> jump into my next question. Um, so I'm the oldest of the three of us. So I'm I'm I'll be forty this summer. Mm-hmm. I know. I loved my 30s. I'm really looking forward to my 40s. I think they're just going to be amazing um, because the 30- I'm right there with you, Amanda. I'm oh. I'm going to be 39 this year, and I can't wait. I'm so excited to. Have 40s. It is. It's like so much crap's behind you. Um, but also, <laughs> it's bringing some crap towards me. You know. So I I don't know. I've not had any. Obviously, I've said I haven't went to the doctor in forever, so I haven't had any blood drawn or anything like that. But obviously, like on the radar is you know going into that menopause phase. Mm-hmm. And I've read that like premenopausal stuff could start as early. I mean, in your 30s, really, depending oh, on yeah. family history totally. and a million things. So keeping that in mind as I'm making the shift towards 40, like what are your thoughts on how my nutrition should change or just start in general? Because I haven't really put a lot of thought into nutrition my whole almost four decades. (laughs) So this, this is such a great question because I feel like as women, we don't talk about this enough. Um, and so many of us, like you said, head into this a lot earlier than others. I think Mm -hmm. it's important to have these conversations because it can be a really, scary sort of shift into this new phase of your life if you're not equipped again with that knowledge, if you're not empowered with that knowledge. So the thing like in terms of, you know, pre-menopause, essentially what's happening is that your estrogen is all over the place. And so, and your progesterone is essentially dropping, 
which means that you're going to experience a lot of mood swings, a lot of depression can occur, like because essentially what's happening is your your it influence it's well let me just get my words properly um basically what happens is this influences your serotonin and dopamine levels which are your happy hormones your mood stabilizing hormones and so when those horm when those hormones are fluctuating and they're being impacted and you're feeling you know obviously it can lead to depression mood swings and stuff like that the interesting thing that this also does is it impacts your cravings because when your body is low in serotonin and dopamine, it's going to be looking for those feel-good foods, mm. like the more sugar, high-fatty, high-carby foods. So if you experience craving- McDonald's, right? Exactly. <laughs> so if, you experience, if you're experiencing these cravings, I hear so many women, you know, they, and they blame themselves. They think it's like, you know, emotional eating- and it is emotional eating, but it's not, again, it has nothing to do with your willpower or your inability to stay away from the cookies. You're actually going through major hormonal shifts and your brain is literally telling your body to eat these foods so that you can feel better. There we have it, folks. Wow. <laughs> I, so basically, I've been premenopausal since I was 16. <laughs> Well, I mean, can't that kind of affect like with PMS and stuff like that too? Can't that kind of go back to your cycle? It's actually, that's it's exactly what, what I was just going to say, Danielle. So the interesting thing is too with your cycle is the same thing is happening and more so because leading up to, so the week prior to and the week during your cycle, your body is actually burning more calories than it does normally which is why you feel even hungrier and yes. why you crave carbohydrates even more. Huh. We, so we, it's absolutely like, and I think that that's like, it's so unfortunate because women are always like, oh, I can't say no to it. And I'm like, these, this is the, your body's physiology actually just telling you to eat these things because you need the, especially during your period, you're burning, your body's doing a ton of work. And so you actually need the carbohydrates because you need the energy because your body's working so hard and burning so many calories. I've never, we talk a lot about periods and stuff like that. We, there's nothing that we don't talk about on here and we have guy viewers. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but the fact of the matter is we're women and we have them. I've never put it into the perspective or thought of it as like our bodies are doing extra work because holy smokes, are they? Yeah. Right. Totally. So why would it not naturally seem like our bodies would be hungrier or crave more because it's it's trying to make up for the work that our internal stuff so is doing? doing. And so back to back to your question, Amanda, because I want I think that this would be really helpful, especially for your viewers. So when if you are heading into premenopause, first and foremost, self care is key because obviously with these moods, you want to make sure that you're doing as much as possible to essentially fill up your cup and feel better because your hormones are all over the place. So really dig into that. And I think in terms of an eating strategy, because insulin is also impacted in a lot of women who are premenopausal, one of the best things that I always recommend to my clients is eat a high fat or a high, you know, a, a breakfast with fats fiber and protein, as well as focus your lunch. You want to almost like tear your carbohydrates. So having a breakfast that is, you know, high in fats and fiber and uh, protein, same thing with your lunch, and then saving your carbohydrates to the end of the day, 
will allow your body then to help to burn through all of that food a lot faster. Because if you're, if you're having insulin issue, like if you're in your pair, if you're one of the women who have insulin issues, if you're eating carbohydrates at the beginning of the day and you're spiking your insulin, then your body is essentially going to hold on and store everything that it eats for the rest of the day. Whereas if we spike it at the end of the day, after you're done eating everything, then it's totally fine and your body can process it. Oh my God. I have, I have a quick question about the whole insulin thing. So I have a degree in microbiology, so I know that I've learned some of this at some point along <laughs> the years, but it's all gone now. So my question for you is how does like your blood sugar and your insulin kind of like correlate? What, how, how do you know if you're one of those women who have insulin levels, if you haven't been diagnosed with like diabetes or something like oh that? Oh my God, this is such a good question, Danielle. And I mean, for us in the program, we actually do insulin testing just to understand how insulin impacts your body so that we can cater your diet specifically to your needs. Mm. But I think one of the clearest indications is if you eat, say for example, you eat carbohydrates in the morning for breakfast, and right away you're having like that crash, like you know yes. what I mean. Like within moments after you're you're having that hangry feeling. Um, that's a clear indication that something is amiss for sure because okay. your body doesn't have. Or the other thing is too is I find a lot of women get like lethargic, like you sort of get that like carb slump where you're just mm-hmm. like you feel so tired towards the end of the day. That's another that's another indication that there may be some insulin issues going on. Interesting. I never quite know if it's the carbs or the quantity that puts me in those states. <laughs> Our viewers know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, oh, my Very gosh. So much good information. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Danielle, what's your um, next question? I know the question you asked wasn't your question. So yeah, that, was, that wasn't my question. Um, okay. So serious sweet tooth over here. Like, mm-hmm. What are, and especially around that time of the month, but really I would be lying if I said that that was the only time <laughs> I'm a late <laughs> night snacker and I just, I just enjoy sweets. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. What are good substitutions that are still like satisfying that like give you that happiness that happy feeling good question i love this and i'm gonna say honestly danielle i'm gonna tell you exactly what i tell all of my clients all right you can eat whatever you want (sighs) we're not looking to substitute and here's the thing going back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the at the very beginning of the call when you're eating the right food combinations two things are going to happen Again, all of those foods are going to work together to Mm -hmm. stabilize your blood sugar, meaning that, you know, if you're somebody who has massive cravings in the afternoon, you know, if you're heading into the pantry and you're eating three or four cookies, that's going to stabilize it. The other thing it's going to do is it's going to help to control your cravings. Like the thing that I find that I love the most with the women who come into my program is by week two or three, they've had some serious sugar cravings and they are almost non-existent anymore because their body's being given the nutrients that it needs to fuel itself throughout the day. So it's not, a lot of times if we're craving sugar, it's because we're looking for that energy kick, like especially at the end of the day when we're exhausted, you know, we're looking for something like just to give us that little bit of like, "Mm," to get like, you know, throughout the, through the rest of the evening. So when you're eating, three meals a day with those four combinations, the proteins, the carbohydrates, the fats, and the fiber, you'll, I promise you, you'll start to slowly notice those sugar cravings going away. That being said, 
let's just talk as women because I think that this is like, <laughs> I think we can all relate to this. If you ever dated that bad boy in high school that you knew you shouldn't call, you know, and you you sat there and you told yourself, like, I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him. What did it make you want to do? All it made you wanted to do was call that guy. Yep. And your butt, the reason is because when we take a look at how your brain functions, your brain actually doesn't recognize, I'm going to go off on like a whole sort of <laughs> mind tangent, but your brain doesn't actually recognize negatives. So when you tell yourself that not to do something, mm -hmm. your brain only hears to do it, which is why I always say to my client, I always encourage them, if you want to have a piece of chocolate, go ahead and have it. Because you saying no means you're going to play this battleship game in your brain about not having it, and you're likely going to dive in and eat twice as much as you were initially going to. Whereas if you just give yourself the permission to indulge and be mindful about it and enjoy it, it's going to have twice as much reward. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I've heard this before, and this is kind of like a woo-wee woo -woo subject that we can save for another time, but it kind of goes back to like the secret and stuff too, and that your mind can control so much. And if you were saying, you know, I'm not going to get sick, I'm not going to get sick, I'm not going to get sick, like you can almost kind of guarantee that you're going to get sick because it's <laughs> yes. just, you know the universe, whatever, your Murphy's mind law. kind of working it out. Yeah, and it's like because they don't understand that won't, can't, shouldn't, like it doesn't understand those negatives. Totally. And I think it That's goes back to too, like even, even when we were talking before, like, you know, if you have a little one that's not sleeping and you're sleep deprived, this goes back to the way that your brain operates. Like you're essentially when you're high stress, or, you know, you don't have a lot of sleep and you're sleep deprived. You're, so ghrelin and leptin are your sort of hunger and fullness hormones. And they are inhibited when you're under a lot of stress and you haven't slept a lot. And so, again, basically your brain is telling your body, eat for more energy. You need more energy. Eat. And what's the number one thing that gives us energy really quickly? carbohydrates, which equates to sweet things. So it's only natural that this is happening to you. My whole life makes sense. I live That's in a high stress state 100% of the time. I'm working on it. I've been working on it for the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so. This makes so much sense. And well, I, and I think that that's the – sorry, could I cut you off, man? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, basically everything you're saying is it's it's – telling me why my body does what it does which yes. will allow me to be more gentle with it and kind mm -hmm. of erase what it's telling me, but maybe with some limitation, like not limit it, but just cap it, if that makes well, sense. And I think that that's the thing is it's so important for women to know that this has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's simply the structure in which you know, you're, you're, we've been, we've been sort of told from society of like, oh, you don't have enough willpower. You can't say no, like this is, you know, a motivation issue. And it's, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's simply how your body is physi physiologically responding to the things that are going on in your life. Oh my gosh. This like means so much. <laughs> so good. It's so good. It is so good. And, you know, sometimes you hear and you have the conversation at the right time for the time in your life that you're ready to finally hear it, you know? Ah, uh, yes. I think I'm there. I'm really, like, so oh. fascinated by this. I could talk, like, for 30 hours. Um, wow. 
Well, I guess that kind of leads into my next question. I know that you've said not to really like eliminate anything that you're wanting to eat or or consume, but Mm -hmm. are there any foods that you say, like, especially maybe for women to completely stay away from that it just is not healthy or it just really shifts your, your hormones or whatnot? Well, I think, and I love that question too. And I think, again, it kind of just goes back to looking at everybody at a case by case basis. For example, like if you're drinking like a liter of pop every single day, I'm definitely going to tell you to sort of fair. scale back on the sugar. Totally fair. Um, but if you're somebody like me who loves to have like every single night, I either will have, you know, some ice cream or some chocolate after dinner because I love something sweet after dinner, then you get me. You get me. <laughs> you know, we should seriously get together and have like a nice after dinner like snack together. Oh. I think it'd be awesome. Done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that that's the thing. So there's not like I hate to say moderation because it's just so overused, but Mm -hmm. you really have to take a look at like, if you know that you're somebody that has a problem with sugar, like you're drinking like a liter of pop every single day, you're, you know, constantly Mm -hmm. eating cookies, like all of those things, by all means, take a look at it. The only thing that I would say when it comes to women is that I find, especially with busy moms, the one thing that we do overdo it on is coffee. I was going to ask about that, about caffeine. Yeah. As I'm chugging away as we (laughs) talk. And it's not to say that coffee is bad. Like by no means, I don't want anybody to think that coffee is the devil and they need to like detox off of coffee. It's totally fine. But it is one of those things where if you continue to drink a lot of it throughout the course of the day, it's really, really going to take a hit on your adrenal system because it's a stimulant. So it's really preventing your body from knowing when it's tired and you're not really allowing yourself to give yourself the rest that you need because you're constantly stimulating it with coffee. So a great alternative Mm -hmm. is, you know, I always like to say to everybody, like if you are drinking more than three to four cups a day, maybe, you know, try to scale it back with some decaf. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amanda's getting crushed. (laughs) One to two is totally fine. Or if you're somebody like me who loves a little pick me up in the afternoon, matcha green tea lattes are phenomenal because they're full of antioxidants um, and they actually support fat burning um, and they're going to give you that healthy sort of kick of it's a it's a different kind of caffeine than coffee has so you get that like nice little boost of energy without having that jittery feeling that a lot more of, of a natural caffeine mm-hmm. if that's a thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense sure. okay that's super interesting so a couple of things about caffeine i went off caffeine Two and a half years ago when I got pregnant, I just went cold turkey because I was already sick anyways. What did it matter if I had a headache <laughs> thrown on top of it? <laughs> and I haven't picked it back up since. But I've been thinking about dabbling back in it because I've been so tired lately. But um, I've read before that caffeine has a half-life. And so really like even drinking it past you know noon or something can really kind of mess up things for your sleep. And it very much so affects my sleep. It always has. But it also, like, if, if I drink coffee, makes me super jittery. So oh, you're saying that tea is probably the better option. I'm in the exact – oh, my gosh, Danielle. I feel like you're my spirit animal. Like, I literally <laughs> – like, it was the exact same thing with my girls. Like, when, when I got pregnant, especially with my second, like, I got off caffeine. 
And even the, for, you know, once I sort of stopped breastfeeding that a few weeks after I tried to incorporate it and every single time I drank it, I just got so jittery. Mm -hmm. That's when I switched to, so in the morning I actually have decaf just because I love the taste of coffee. It's Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoon, if I do need to pick me up, that's when I have a matcha latte because that caffeine is something that my body just responds to beautifully. And I love knowing that I'm also getting like antioxidants and all of that good stuff from it. It is so funny that you say that because in my Amazon cart currently right now, because I can't find it in stores anywhere, is matcha powder. I have it in my cart right now. I swear my husband can vouch for me. Um, Put that link in this week's podcast description. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I could. So fascinating. Super Um, interesting. My mind is just so blown by so many things right now. You know, me too. I feel bad. I feel like we're just like hurling all of these questions. I at know. You. I know. The park lady. Danielle, was, was that your question or did it piggyback off of my just piggyback? Okay. Again. This is, <laughs> no, this is good. Like, I, like, I just so need interested. to ask your questions though. Cause I mean, it, the conversation just is so good. Well, let's go ahead with your next question. Okay. So I'll just round it out with this last question. Hopefully we'll see. Um, <laughs> My, my, seriously, my last question is just, where do I start? What, how do I get my life under control with food? Because it's not at all. Oh my God. And I feel like this is everyone's, every woman's question, because Mm -hmm. especially when we're battling so many different competing priorities, you know, I feel like we feel the need to, so many of us feel the need, you know, we, we got to get the, we got to get our workouts in check. You know, we got to go organic. We got to do all these things. And it really doesn't need to be that hard. I think one of the things that I always recommend is simply starting with three meals. Just get in three meals a day. And if you can do that over the course of two weeks and you see yourself doing it consistently, then start with making sure you're getting in the four food combinations. Okay. Proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and fiber at every single meal. And then after that, you can really start to dial into, you know, in terms of your portions, how much you should be eating. Mm. I think the benefit of this though is, is that because you're, you know, especially when you're not feeling the best, like if you're not supporting your body with the right nutrition, then it's hard for you to feel motivated to be able to do all the things that you want to do. So when you're fueling your body with three meals a day, you're going to start to feel a little bit more motivated. You're going to start to have a little bit more energy. When you start to get four, you know, those four food combinations in every single day, you know, your blood sugar levels are going to be stable. Your energy is going to peak. Like you're, you're not going to have all of the cravings that you used to have. So it's about slowly incorporating these small habits that when you do them consistently have the most impact ever. I'm excited. That's (laughs) so good. I just have to say, I feel like your bedside manner into this conversation is life-changing for my ears to hear. Seriously, mine too. I'm not even kidding. I have had conversations with other people who maybe aren't nutritionists, but like people who are excited about that sort of field and who, you know, have done some research on it and stuff. But you have labeled things and spelled things out so simply that like I can understand it and it just makes sense. Well, I think that that's the thing. Like as, as moms, like we don't have time, like truthfully, like food should be the last thing that we worry about. And so I think that that's, that's really my goal. That's my mission is to be able to empower women so that they have the tools so that they can fuel themselves and show up as their highest self in their day-to-day life. 
their highest I love it. in their day-to-day life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so Lindsay, tell us I we could go on and on for questions, mm-hmm. but I can't believe it's already almost basically been an hour. I just can't it's mind boggling to me. Um we're so gonna I have you come back should. for sure. As long I as know, I know. There is there's definitely another episode that you're going to be on if you're willing. We don't have bossy. I've had so much fun with you guys. This has been amazing. Um, but tell everyone where they can find yes. you and all of your social media, your websites, and all of that good stuff in some of the options of how you can help them. Okay. Amazing. So in terms of where you can find me, I mean, easily I'm on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So Mm -hmm. from an Instagram standpoint, I'm at the.nourish.company. And on Facebook, you can just search for, I have a beautiful community that I love so much where I give all of these free tools and tips and tricks. Um, It's called the Nourish Life. Um, So you can just look for that. Uh, Or you can just look for me, uh, Lindsay Wolf. Um, or the Nourish Company is also on Facebook. So we're, we're easily, we're easy to find for sure. We will be linking everything that we can possibly mm. <laughs> link <laughs> in our podcast notes and descriptions and everywhere. It's actually interesting that you said earlier, Danielle, you know, about like, where do we get started? Because one of the things that I would love to offer, you know, your community, we just did a phenomenal, it's a outcome and intention setting and planning session in the Nourish Life group, an hour long sort of session where, you know, we use a very, we put you into a sort of a beautiful meditative state to envision like who your highest self is and how you want to show up as. And then you were so talking directly to me (laughs) right here. (laughs) And then using that, we just, we help to sort of put those intentions in place of just one or two things that you need to do to show up. And then we literally help you to map it out so that you can easily implement it into your day-to-day life. I love it. I could not love that more. (laughs) I'm so glad. I just feel like I'm getting lighter. <laughs> like, and I don't mean to say that, like, to be like, but wait, right now. Yeah, like, it just feels like for the first time, I'm feeling like there's a road to health. I don't, the weight isn't necessarily my ambition and my, my end result. It's the overall health, and I feel good. I that's kind that's- of where I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that that's what all, I think all women ideally, especially when it comes to moms, it's not, it's, it's no longer about, you know, fitting into a pair of jeans or, you know, yeah. having the six pack or anything Oh yeah, that's not done. Have, like an abundance of energy so we can show up and be amazing moms and, and mm-hmm. partners and, and phenomenal at what we do. Yeah. And I want to show my son what healthy eating is too. Like, I don't want him to see me nitpicking over what we're eating every single day right. and then binge eating a cake because I told myself a week ago that I couldn't eat the freaking cake. <laughs> I love, I know being a good example, like I always think to myself, like, man, if my mom knew half of the stuff that I knew, like, I think it's one of the greatest gifts that I'm able to give my girls is like for the rest of their life, like now they're going to know how to fuel themselves properly, which is, especially as a mom of girls, so important for me as they head sure. into this like scary diet culture and they're going to be so, I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I get from like 11 and 12 year old girls about help, you know, try, you know, can you help me try to lose weight? And it just breaks my heart to see them do that. So the more that we can empower moms and give them the tools, then I feel like the better off, I mean, we're changing the health trajectory of, of the next generation. 
I I guess my, my hope would be that nutrition just becomes second nature, you Mm -hmm. know, and not an obsession. And that's, I think my biggest thing with the diet culture is it's almost an obsession to some point. Like your mind is so consumed with food, 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 food. I just want it to be second nature that I make good choices in the grocery store and good choices of what I'm putting in my body. Yet allowing me the grace to indulge every now and then, because we are women in our bodies are programmed to do that. I love that. Totally. Well, I think that's the thing too. We all kind of want to be like, you know, that like hot mom that goes for the beer and the burger and like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, sure. I'm going to have like that piece of cake. Like we don't want to say no to the, like we want to participate in our lives. We don't want to feel restricted. Oh, I I love love it. it. I know Bridget is going to be so disappointed she wasn't able to to finish this conversation, but I'm positive next time we have you on, she will have secure internet. (laughs) This will not, she won't allow it happen again. (laughs) That's for sure. So awesome hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. We can't thank you enough for being our guest and we are so looking forward to this one hitting. I think so many women are going to find encouragement in this and just hear a voice of reason again with a wonderful bedside manner of how you (laughs) present it. You did phenomenal. Especially this, this time of year when everybody is like motivated and ready and trying to make changes and stuff with resolutions and, and COVID bodies, (laughs) (laughs) right? Quarantine was hard, y'all. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. I, again, thank you so much. We are so excited you're here. And I know our community is going to be so blessed by this. And we will link all of the good information in our description for this podcast. And we hope you enjoy it. It has been such a pleasure, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.